0: Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Great to be with you once again on the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. Walter Storholt here with Scott Searles, and it's time to help you learn a little bit more about the financial world and maybe even your own financial plan a little bit. Scott is a financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management, serving you throughout the greater Cleveland area and in Bradenton, Florida as well. You can find Scott online by going to skyboxasset.com. That's skyboxasset.com. Scott, have you been able to uh, get down to Florida at all, to to Bradenton during the COVID situation, or have you been pretty much landlocked up in up in cleveland
1: yeah no i haven't gone down there we um you know doing a lot of virtual zoom meetings and stuff like that because uh you know with the scare with the airfare and then you know they've been cutting flights too so it's tough to get ones that work within your schedule and so uh i think next month or or maybe uh yeah probably next month in july i think you know i might make my first trip down there in you know three four months
0: nice we are planning a vacation for October, and one of the spots on our list is Anna Maria Island, so we may make our second nice. second visit down that way. So we, we enjoyed that first visit so much, and uh, we may, may have to do it again. It's beautiful down there. It is. It is. It's amazing. We had a little rental boat that we did, and then we took it into—we um, took it and actually docked uh, there along the river, I guess— and uh, ended up eating, eating lunch, which was really cool, uh, right there in Bradenton. So it was, very, yeah. it was very fun to do. We had quite an adventure parking the boat, though, I will say. That. <laughs> Rookie. We were rookies, and there was a little bit of a side swell. It was at the public docks there, and uh, I'm sure uh-huh. that there's video of us trying to do it, captured on some security <laughs> camera that uh, is probably out there on YouTube somewhere, of us trying to figure out how to park that boat without denting it all up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was an entertaining moment, that's for sure. Well, Absolutely. We've got a great show on the way today, a little bit of what we're going to dig into on the program. In a few moments, we're going to talk a little bit about, I think, a, a really uh, an important topic, the hidden gems of your retirement plan. Um, are there some in your own plan, things that maybe you're overlooking that really unlock or are key to some of the planning decisions that you need to make? We're going to talk about that. Plus, we've got a great email question from Christina. We'll open up the mailbag and get her question about uh, $150,000 sitting in a savings account and has some questions about that. So lots to get to on today's show. Yeah. But hey, let's talk about those hidden gems in your retirement plan. And uh, Oh, speaking of which, um, Uncut Gems. I-, I should save this for the end of the show when we do our movie and TV review, but Uncut Gems <laughs> is now on Netflix the Adam Sandler movie that got a lot of good rave reviews. I have not seen it yet, but uh, go check it out. Just the hidden gems made me think of that that show and that movie. Um, <laughs> I just had to jump the gun, I, Scott. On, I, on I've, a movie
1: heard that, I've heard of that somewhere too. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's supposed to be really good. Like it's a serious role for Adam Sandler. It's supposed to be good. Okay, I got to stop. I got to get into the topic and not. We uh, we've got to save okay. that for the end of the show. Uh, if you're like most people, you probably have some financial accounts that you haven't paid much attention to recently. Maybe the statements are just collecting dust in your file cabinet. Maybe uh, they're actually hidden gems that could be put to much better use. We're going to talk about some of those accounts on today's show that people tend to ignore for too long and why these things can be put to better use. One I'm sure you probably see all the time, Scott, is uh, old 401ks. You ever see people come into your office with a, an old 401k that they've kind of forgotten about or left in the background?
1: Yeah, almost, almost everybody you know, you maybe had a few jobs, you had this old 401k plan after you, after you, you left there, you just left it there and you really didn't even think much about it. Well, a lot of times that, that may have grown. It, it may have, you know, become something of value that, that we can use and integrate into that retirement plan. But, you know, usually I recommend that, that most people when when they leave a job or they have an old 401k that they, Roll that over into a, tra- a regular IRA because you know it gives you more control, more flexibility. You know, sometimes you can lower your fees a little bit, you know, plus you can have a little bit more professional management on that account compared to the 401ks where you just have you know maybe 15 funds to pick from. Generally, most 401ks will have a lot of those will be target date funds, you know, that are going to be sometimes a little bit more higher fees and people default to that. So A lot of the times we find these old 401ks and people forget about them and we need to integrate those into that plan because, uh, you know, if it's been 15 years and that thing's just kind of been growing, you know, it's probably time to to get that thing moved and, and get that integrated into our plans.
0: That's a great point. And uh, so many, you know, your 401ks typically are really important parts of your financial plan. So we don't want to overlook and ignore those things, put them to good use. And that's certainly one Mm -hmm. area to look at in your financial plan. Very common that people will have old 401ks sitting around. What about life insurance? Is that often a hidden gem in somebody's retirement plan?
1: You know what? It's funny, Walter, you say that because life insurance is probably one of the most common things I run across that people have done nothing with or done nothing about or even really understand how they work. They may have bought a life insurance policy 15 years ago, been putting money in there. A lot of times these life insurance policies may have started to accumulate a decent amount of cash in there. And the neat thing about a life insurance policy is you can utilize that cash to generate tax free income for you later on in your retirement or you can utilize some of that cash that's in that life insurance policy that maybe you don't need life insurance anymore and move that into something that'll provide long-term care insurance for you. So almost everybody I run across has old life insurance plans. And one of the things we do is we do an analysis of those old life insurance policies. We, we make sure they're healthy, that they're still working properly, that they're not going to lapse and run out. And a lot of the times too, we can replace that policy with a new policy that might be less expensive or give us more coverage. So this is something a lot of, it's very common that people forget about and don't do anything with it. They just simply had been putting money in there and, you know, was thinking it was for eventually when they pass away, but those are, that's a tool we can use to really help amplify our retirement plan.
0: It's a great point, Scott. And life insurance often overlooked and undervalued in a plan. And a lot of people just don't realize the power that it can certainly have when used properly in a plan. It can still have uses for folks even well beyond its initial intent uh, for, you know, just covering your, you know, maybe your family and your kids to replace Mm -hmm. your salary. Many other uses of life insurance. So good to highlight some of those things. Also throwing into here hidden gems in your retirement plan, uh, savings accounts, money markets, or even CDs. Feels like people aren't really getting CDs that much these days, Scott. But I'm sure maybe you've got some older ones that are still kind of floating around in somebody's plan when they come to visit you for the first time.
1: Yeah, you know, it, it's very easy to to you, you know, continue to save your money, just keep it in the bank. A lot of people like to drive by their money. They can look at their bank, it gives them a warm, fuzzy feeling. But, you know, the reality is is that. You know, you probably shouldn't have you know more than six months worth of expenses in a liquid bank account because they're not giving us any growth. And you have to remember the cost of everything's going up year after year. And if we're not increasing the amount of our savings and not getting it to work for us, then you know, we very well may be going backwards as far as what our purchasing power can do with that money. Now there's certainly exceptions to this rule. I just had a a, a new client that uh, signed up with us, and they had accumulated probably close to four five hundred thousand dollars in cash in the bank. Okay. Now they did it for a specific reason because they were going to retire early. They had no pension plans. They had a lot of money in IRAs, so they were planning on using that savings money to help fund the early years of their retirement. And then they they were going to, because they were going to use their savings, they wouldn't have any income. They'd be in a super low tax bracket. They were planning on converting some of that IRA money to Roth IRA to use later on. So that strategy in itself was not horrible. Where I was able to help improve that strategy is that we got some of that money that was in the bank we started getting it to work a little bit more for them. So we used a very conservative brokerage account where we're going to get a little bit more growth in the bank, but not take a bunch of risk. And in their case too, we actually utilized an annuity, a five, six year annuity that fit right into their time frame, And we put some of that money in there. So that way, when the markets went up, their account would go up. But when the markets went down, you know, they wouldn't be losing any money because of the market. So that allowed them to amplify without taking much more risk with that money and get it to grow a little bit more. And we're still able to utilize that to fund the early years of the retirement. So, you know, cash can be a valuable tool, but you don't want too much of it sitting there because it does just collect dust right now, unfortunately.
0: That's interesting perspective. We've always heard cash is king, right? Has always been sort of the saying that people are familiar yep. with and and it can be, but uh, but we can't let it be too powerful, right? Got to keep the king in check.
1: <laughs> it's a good way to look at it. Absolutely.
0: All right. What about uh, pension funds? Last thing on the list, hidden gems in your retirement plan. I mean, they're less and less popular these days for folks. So if you've got that pension fund, that can be a great option for people, right? And a hidden gem that they may not even realize how nice it is to have that.
1: Yeah, obviously less and less people are having pension plans. What I see... Often, though, with people have them, is their old frozen pension plans where they were working an employer, maybe they did have a pension plan, they shut it down, and that money's just kind of frozen. Well, usually, you'll have an option to do a a lump sum of that pension plan sometimes when it's frozen. So you have to understand what a pension plan is, is that that money is invested extremely conservatively, especially if it's frozen. It's going to generally earn a very low interest rate. So that money itself is not growing. Granted, they might, you know, they're going to give you a guaranteed income stream for your life, for your spouse's life, you know, also depending on what options you choose. But in most cases, we can take some of that money, we can roll that over, lump sum that payment out of that pension plan get it invested, and still provide you with an income that's more than what you would have got from the pension. You know, obviously, a lot of factors come into play, your age, how much money you need, this, that, and the other thing. But, you know, even if you want guaranteed income, a lot of the times you can set up different programs that'll give you guaranteed income that's more than that pension plan. So, you know, it's something where people... When I'm doing a financial plan for them, sometimes it's like an afterthought for them. It's like, oh, we had this whole pension plan. It's going to give me you know, $300 a month or something. I really wasn't counting much on it. And then we realized there's hundreds of thousands of dollars we could lump some out of that thing, which then can really have a powerful impact in providing you know, a boost to their retirement income.
0: And It's very cool to hear about some of these opportunities that might be right under somebody's nose in a financial plan, and they may not even know about it. Scott, I'm sure uncovering these kinds of things is just par for the course with your planning process, typically.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, when when we work with somebody w- with developing what we call our worry-free retirement blueprint, you know, we l- we look at all aspects of of someone's situation from you know, retirement income, the investment, in the asset allocation. We, we take a look at at taxes and, and trying to minimize those in retirement estate planning you know the insurance so we're going to take a look at all this stuff and that allows us to find these hidden gems and pull them to the surface and get them that's something that that we can utilize to help amplify your retirement so it's all about working with a fiduciary that's on the same page as you and, and is on your side of the table where you know they can look at everything you have and see these opportunities and things that you aren't even aware of that you could do with a lot of these things.
0: That's a great point. And if you do want to sign up for the opportunity to get your own worry-free retirement blueprint, you can do that by calling Scott at 888 742-0111. 742 That's 888 742 Or go to talktoscott.com and schedule a complimentary conversation with Scott to go over where you stand right now from your financial and retirement planning standpoint and some of the moves and ideas you might want to be thinking about as you go forward. Scott can help talk to you about putting together that plan and building for you your worry-free retirement blueprint. Talktoscott.com is the place to go, and we'll put a link to that site and, of course, the phone number in the description of today's show, so just check the show notes on your podcast app to find out those ways to get in touch. More coming up on today's show. We've got to answer one of your questions, get to know Scott a little bit better, and give you some movie and TV reviews. All that and more straight ahead here on The Retirement Toolbox. The
1: Retirement Toolbox
0: it's getting to know you time. Hey, yeah, yeah. All right, Scott, my question for you this week to get to know you a little bit better is a, a good one. Um, charities is what I'm curious about. What charities or nonprofits are near and dear to your heart? Do you care about?
1: Well, you know what? The thing about charities or nonprofits are, you know, you've got different sizes. You've got big ones and small ones and, and medium ones, So we have a tendency my wife and I to focus on, on local ones where we can have more of a direct impact. And it's not always about giving money, which we certainly do, but, but I like to be able to kind of see how we're helping people out when, when we work with charities and stuff like that. So like our, our local food bank or, you know, every year we Deliver Christmas presents to uh, impoverished families. So, you know, we take our whole family with us and we go and and deliver these Christmas presents to people. And a lot of the times you'd be amazed how, uh, you know, you bring presents for the kids and then we bring a fruit basket. And usually the parents, you know, maybe sometimes a single mom, she's more excited about getting the fruit basket than, you know, having presents for her kids. So, you know, it's stuff like that where we can have a direct impact. And certainly we give to those charities. So I like to focus on the local ones, you know, the, the, the ways to help families. And I know, you know, having a son that was sick that eventually passed away and how tough it is dealing with, you know, hospitals and medical bills and, and, and stuff like that. So we have a tendency to, to focus on, on charities that, that help people like that and help people that are going through tough times
0: that's a great point and I think that that is just fantastic effort to support Scott so thanks for telling us a little bit about that on today's show. Uh, time to answer one of your questions here on the retirement toolbox as we open up the mailbag. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. This question comes to us today from Christina, and it's a good one. Christina says, I have almost $150,000, Scott, sitting in my savings account, and I'm tired of getting virtually no interest on it, but I'm also too scared to invest right now. Should I just leave it in the bank?
1: Well, Christina, that's a great question. I think you might have already listened to our first topic. She, she's got a hidden gem, set doesn't this she? In because it, it goes <laughs> hand in hand here. But uh, yeah, certainly... I think you realize that, that having $150,000, Christine, is too much to have sitting in the bank uh, because we're not earning any interest on it. And like I mentioned previously, we need to make sure we grow our money to keep pace with you know, the cost of bread and everything, everything going up that, that we're going to have to afford later on. The first thing you need to do is ask yourself, you know, why do you have that? Is it set aside for retirement? Do you have that set aside to buy a house or to buy a car or pay for college or you first need to determine, you know, what the purpose of that money is and that'll dictate how much you keep and where you keep that money. Like for instance, if you say, "Hey, you know what? I'm buying a house in 3 months and we're going to need $75,000 on that." Well, you probably should keep that money in the bank then if that's what you need you know, if you're going into retirement and you're a few years off, you know, you'll want to keep, like I said, maybe that six months worth of living expenses in the bank and then get the rest to work for you. And then, Christine, the second part of your question is you're kind of scared to invest right now. And I I totally get that because, you know, things are crazy, a lot of volatility out there in the markets. But if you take a look at what your time horizon is on what this money is used for, So, for instance, if you're going to say, hey, you know, we're not going to need this money for five years above and beyond maybe, you know, your living expenses. Well, you can have a little bit of a different investment strategy and you need to know how much you're going to need and when you're going to need it. And that will dictate that investment strategy because we do know over the long term, you know, investing in equities and stocks gives us the best long term returns. But it's going to give us a lot of volatility, though, in the meantime. So, Murphy's Law says that when you would need your money, the market's going to be down, right? So, we don't necessarily want to have short term money invested more aggressively. And there's different things we can use, like an annuity, like I mentioned with those clients before, where we can kind of guarantee that we won't lose money, but we can get some growth. But there's cons with that too. You need to lock that money in a little bit longer. Uh, That's not going to be a one or two year strategy. So, I think if you kind of think to yourself, why do you have that money? That can help dictate how you invest and how much you do leave in that bank. So I don't know if I actually gave you an answer, Christine. I think I maybe gave you some ideas and things to think about. And I think you should probably find somebody that can help you out and provide those investment strategies that best suit your time horizon with that money.
0: Yeah, it's a great question, Christina. It's a good problem to have. A little hard to give you specific advice here on the podcast, but hopefully it gives you some things to think about and some food for thought. And if you do want to talk to Scott about setting up your own worry-free retirement blueprint, maybe you're in a similar situation to Christina, not sure what to do with one of those hidden gems like this one in your financial plan and retirement plan. Talk to Scott 888-742-0111 is the number to call. Or talktoscott.com, the place to go to schedule a time to meet with Scott online. And you can do so in person or certainly remotely still as well for those who prefer to do that. Talktoscott.com, your place to go. All right, it's time to review some shows and movies.
1: Just sitting at home with nothing to do. It's time for the
0: shelter-in-place movie TV review. All right, Scott, what's on the list this month?
1: Yo, yo, this month... You know what? I, my wife and I started watching the show Castle Rock.
0: Castle Rock. Okay. I don't know if I've heard of that one.
1: It's on Hulu. Okay. So you have to have Hulu. And uh, it's a psychological thriller kind of thing written by Stephen King. Oh. Uh, so there's two seasons of it. We're only like three or four episodes into season one. But it's kind of neat because it's written by Stephen King. So you kind of get that idea. kind of feels like an it kind of movie or and then, you know, but it is a TV series. But he pulls back a lot of things like the first season, the whole idea is that this it's a small town where all Stephen King's things seem to be in some small town somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, where they have a, a prison that's called the Shawshank prison ironically which he's used before in previous uh, movies and books of his but the Shawshank prison this guy leaves the town goes and becomes a successful attorney and then he's called back to help somebody a guy they find like in like this holding cell buried in the bottom of this Shawshank prison like he had been down there for years no one knew his name or Hmm. no anything about him so he's come back to help and you know there's just all these weird things that happen he had been accused previously and the reason he left was that you know he had killed his father but supposedly he didn't and like I said I'm only like we're only like 3 4 episodes into it but it's really neat if you kind of like that Stephen King psychological thriller kind of thing it's a good show and it's not really scary. My wife won't do scary movies. She's the one that sits there with her hands over eyes and makes a little slit between her fingers whenever scary <laughs> right. parts come up. Yeah, uh, and she hasn't had to do that yet. So uh, yeah, check it out. I, I think if you like that type of stuff, it, it's a good series.
0: Cool Castle Rock. I'm gonna have to check that one out. Um, I don't have any new uh, new series or movies to report at the moment, other than it's an older show. We watched. Um, we started to watch the movie The Core. And it's, it's like right up my alley. I love movies about like, you know, apocalyptic movies about the end of the world and, you know, surviving the end of the world of whatever calamity it Mm -hmm. is, you know, Deep Impact, Armageddon, all those kinds. Well, this one went the opposite direction of The Core. Basically, all these natural disasters are happening and the only way to fix it is to go to the center of the earth and blow up some nuclear bombs in the inner mantle or the outer mantle or whatever it is of the of the earth and that that'll restart the core spinning and make things go back to normal with our magnetic fields it was really far-fetched you know even trying to suspend belief it was uh, it was a little hokey and not super well done. So we actually did not make it to the end of the movie. So instead of recommending a show, I'll say
1: you could probably skip that one. <laughs> so, so your movie review is telling us about a movie that you would tell us not to watch.
0: Well, hey, I think that's important, too. Right. Like saving <laughs> well, you time. Is a
1: review, so it could be yeah. good or bad. I mean, we're all. We're all watching these Netflix shows yeah. and, and things on TV, so uh, I'm
0: going to save you I, time. I will
1: avoid the core.
0: Don't worry about the core; it really didn't. It really wasn't worth it. So there you go. <laughs> all
1: right.
0: <laughs> they don't all have to be good takeaways. They can. They can be a. I can have a bad take every once in a while, right? That's an important part of it. Well, there you go. Avoid the core, but check out Castle Rock movie recommendations and TV show recommendations this week on the Retirement Toolbox. Scott, we're out of time this time around, but we'll uh, be back again for another show soon. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I can't wait, Walter. Go Bucks. There you go. Appreciate it. That's Scott Searles. I'm Walter Storholt. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox.